Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by REMRISE. Go to getremrise.com slash ghost. Take their sleep quiz. And when you sign up, you'll get your first week of REMRISE free. Just pay shipping. That's getremrise.com slash ghost. Real Ghost Stories Online. When you sign up to be an EPP, extra podcast person to Real Ghost Stories Online, you'll have access to the best ghost stories we've ever told. The oven door started slamming open and closed. And in places like this, oven doors take up entire walls. Never before had I seen such clear evidence of something non-human being in a room with me. Because it felt like somebody was here. You know, you see, I did it written in paint where you just painted. These are stories only EPP members have access to. I don't know why, but I just wonder if that scream isn't a family member that was there to claim their loved one. There was like something standing there right in the threshold of the doorway. And I was paralyzed. I couldn't breathe. It's only $5 a month when you sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com by clicking Become an EPP. There was an old lady standing at the foot of the bed, and she said she could see details and everything. You know, it just looked like an old lady standing at the foot of the bed. You'll get access to the best ghost stories and exclusive video content we've ever created. I have no doubt in my mind that it was completely supernatural. But it felt like it was in my head. Like, it didn't feel like I was hearing it. It felt like it was in my head. Become an EPP now and help keep our show on the air. At realghoststoriesonline.com, click Become an EPP. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what do you do when space and time seem to change due to the supernatural? What do you do when the door that you used to escape from is suddenly gone? Today, we hear this true account of time and space changing on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yep, and 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Right on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And this program, it is supported by you. So if you like it and you want to keep us on the air all year long, then uh, consider tipping in five bucks a month. And for that, we're going to give you a bonus episode every single week, give you access to all almost 300 bonus episodes exclusively for our supporters. We call them EPPs, Extra Podcast People. You do that at ghostpodcast.com or through Patreon at patreon.com slash Stories. On top of the bonus episodes, you also get uh, all of the advanced episodes of the show released to you weeks before they go public and they're commercial free. So you can binge Away, all in one spot, ad free, all the bonus stuff, all sorts of other extras throughout the year as well. Five bucks a month keeps us on the air. You get all the stuff. It's a no brainer. Check it out, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. I always feel like I'm doing an infomercial when I do that, almost like it's the uh, the 1993 Ronco food dehydrator. Uh, ad. And it's like, and if you call right now, we'll throw in a juicer. That's right. This lovely plastic juicer. Isn't that amazing? Wow, that thing juices an orange. Amazing, doesn't it? It sure does. I used to watch well, those. I would you them. mind if I kind of wrote us up a little something for next week? <laughs> That'd be great. 
<laughs> so, Tony, what else do they get? <laughs> what is that all, Tony? That would be hilarious. I'd love that. We should totally do okay, that and do a promo. I will, Tony. That would be wonderful. I would absolutely love it. I'm going to do that. <laughs> all that and more. And more. And just listen to this time life classic that you forgot all about. When you get caught between the moon and New York City. You'll get all these favorites and ghost stories. <laughs> Who can forget those hits, Carol? Seriously? Ghost stories? <laughs> and your favorite soft rock of the 70s. <laughs> Tony, is Michael Bolton involved? <laughs> oh, don't get me started on Michael, Carol. Oh, come on, Tony. And then, boom, said I loved you, but I lied. There you go. All right. That was getting really scary for a little while there. But uh, there we go. Oh, I'll just start writing you up a new intro every week. That'd <laughs> be great. It's just, the first five minutes are this total like play that you've written every week, and it just gets weirder right. and darker every time. <laughs> be great. It'd be great. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just tell you what sound effects we will need, and I'll write them in there so you can have the sound effects ready to go. I'd love that. I think it would be uh, be a refreshing new twist to the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Our first story here today actually comes from Wichita, Kansas. So here we go. Let's uh, And it's not Carol's, so let's jump into this. Uh, it says, when I lived in Wichita, Kansas in 2012, uh, and it's also not me either. It said, I had a friend, I'll call Mary, that lived in Hoisington, Kansas, who had several psychic-type abilities. She was renting an apartment when she decided to look for a house in Hoisington. She noticed she liked one house and felt a presence in it. She felt fine about it because she felt it was a good ghost. She did try to find out more about the previous owners, it was built in the 1940s. The couple that owned it raised their family in the house and stayed there uh, into, their, into their senior years. The father died in the home and the mother sometime after that, but not sure if she died in the house. Mary decided she wanted that house and there were many characteristics about it that she liked. It was a two bedroom and the master bedroom was upstairs, which was where she decided to sleep. When she described it to me, several characteristics, I could tell it was a place for her. She was somewhat intrigued about the idea of the ghost and felt it was the wife, but it was not what you would call bothersome and said living with a ghost was not a problem for her. From here on, I'll call the ghost Mrs. Smith. Although Mary never tried talking to Mrs. Smith, she did ask me to come up and visit and see the new house. It was only about an hour and a half away and I was delighted to go see it. And this was definitely something I could see made a bright spot in her life because she was legally blind and she was struggling with the death of a relative. It was a quaint place with a lot of windows for the sunshine to come in. So she was very happy and excited when I came in. So she showed me around the place and we started, the, started in the basement and I could see quite a few boxes that still needed to be unpacked at one side of the basement. Another side had two very small rooms. One of them was very narrow. She said to go in ahead of her and see if I could sense anything. I'm a bit sensitive too. She went in behind me. Yes, and I didn't like it, but not sure if it's because I never liked the dark and dank places. Anyway, so we turned around to leave with her ahead of me this time at the door, and I could see she was reaching and groping on the door jamb. 
I remembered seeing the door itself was one of those little white picket fence gates on hinges when we entered. She kept groping on the hinges for the door and said, The door! Where's the door? Do you know where the door is? I said, I, I know what you're talking about. I saw it there too, and it was a white picket fence gate. But Mary, the door's gone. Mary says, well, how can that happen? Look, I have no idea. When I think back about it, I wondered if maybe I saw it and it just didn't register. Like we sometimes do. We just stood there for a minute, scratching our heads, and finally decided to go upstairs to the first floor. What else could one do? So she took me to the bedroom, stood in the southwest corner saying, I think this is where Mr. Smith died. She asked if I felt anything else in the room. I got to the southeast corner and said, I did. Then I felt the need to talk to Mrs. Smith. I said, Mrs. Smith, are you here? Suddenly, I felt energy going up my legs. I never had that before, but then I never tried before either. I said, Mrs. Smith, Mary here bought your house and loves it. It's cute, and I know she'll take good care of it. Now, it's okay for you to move on into the light. Then we went on to the living room, and Mary says she thinks that Mrs. Smith has a favorite spot there. She asked if I can find it. I went straight to a very sunny spot in the southeast corner. Is this it, Mary said? Yes. So I called on Mrs. Smith again. Again, I got the same energy. I repeated what I'd said earlier and stressed her husband is waiting for her in the light and that Mary will take care of the house. No more spiritual experiences on that visit. A month later, we were talking on the phone and I asked her if Mrs. Smith was still around. Nope, I don't seem to pick up on her anymore. I meant to ask her if that door ever showed up again too, but our conversation never went back to that. In a couple of years, Mary's health had been declining and I had already moved out of the state shortly after my visit in 2012. Then things took a bad turn while Mary was in the hospital and we lost her. I miss her and her talks, but was glad she got to enjoy her home and she got to share her joy with her friends and family. However, little did we know what kind of experience he would have on my last visit with her. There you go. The door completely disappearing. That to me is, is one of the more interesting aspects of the story. Well, yeah, because you just don't hear that every day. No. I've seen, and not seen, but I've heard stories where full structures kind of come and go, which is very mysterious and crazy. But I haven't had any where it's like the actual layout of the home changes on the living. We've seen it where they go through, ghosts go through walls, and it seems, oh, there used to be a balcony there or a doorway there, but not anymore. But the actual structure not changing for the living. That's a, that's a new one for me, I think. Well, I mean, what if you got down there and that was the only door? Then, then you're, you're stuck. stuck down there. And then you're going to die. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, kind of one of those things where I mean, because I was wondering because I, I didn't read the full story when I wrote the uh, the intro. I just was really kind of intrigued where I saw the part that the door disappeared. So that was what I was wondering. Well, did they get stuck if the door is gone? Um, that, that, that I don't know. How does that? What is that? Is that like a time slip? Is that a ghost manipulating something? What What is that when that happens? I don't know, because it makes you think that at one time that's the way it was. Mm -hmm. So maybe since they both were sensitive, they could see it. And it really, I mean, it couldn't have been there. <coughs> like if you had videoed them, I hardly doubt that you would have seen it too. Mm -hmm. But 
I don't know. I don't know what, but I guess, you know, the same thing happens when, you know, you set down your remote and all of a sudden it's in the other room. How did it get there? I don't know. So maybe there is some weird thing. It makes you wonder. You could actually feel it and see it, and then it's just gone. But was the door? What I'm what I'm wondering in this case was the door original. Was was the door there for them? Like was it actually there and then it disappeared, or did it? Uh, was it the exact opposite? Was it never really there, and and then they were just seeing it as as a vision or whatever, kind of a ghostly, and then it it reverted back to reality today, and it was then gone. Which was it? Because we don't really know. I mean, I guess the only answer would be if she had brought up the door thing again with her friend and asked her, did the door show back up? That would answer, you know, was this just kind of a a ghostly door initially and then it disappeared? Well, Uh, it almost sounds like there must have been because they went down. She said it was dark and damp, right? mm -hmm. So they would have gone like to a basement. So in my head, I'm visualizing like, a gate, you know, like a kid gate, because she mm-hmm. said it was like a garden gate or a fence or something. Yeah, like fence boards. So, you know, like a kid gate or a pet gate, you have maybe put it at the bottom of the stairs mm-hmm. or the top. So maybe they got to the bottom of the stairs and that gate opened up there. And then when they turned around, it wasn't there. So they were still able to get up the steps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe it's like a missing baby gate mm-hmm. that was there and now it's not there. Very interesting. And you yeah, want, you have especially to, since they both had seen it. And having the gate there, then it makes you wonder, was the gate involved in some... I mean, typically if something's showing up and, and disappearing, it was involved in something of, of some sort of energetic sense, for lack of a better term, where something happened involving it for it to be showing up and, and disappearing. So that makes you... Well, did somebody fall down the stairs once involving the gate? Did the gate hold something back? What was yeah. the point of the gate? Well, Back to the ghost stories in just a moment. First, our supporter today. I want to thank them. I love these guys. Uh, Rem Rise. Some people have trouble falling asleep. Some people have trouble staying asleep. Some people have trouble with both. On average, people are getting less quality sleep than ever before. I myself, I, I can fall asleep usually okay, but it's that staying asleep thing that I have issues with. I wake up. And my mind is going. I have to like really work at uh, at staying kind of in a dreamlike state. Because if I start thinking about the day, if I start thinking about the shows, if I start thinking about anything other than dreaming, it is hard. Um, Remrise really helps me with that. It helps me stay in that sleep path, in that sleep lane, which I want to stay on so I can be functional on the day that otherwise I'll be worrying about all night long. Finding a, a solution to your sleep issue should not feel impossible. But there's sleeping aids out there. And honestly, I tried a lot of them. And I have stories galore of, well, that kind of worked. That didn't work. That had this side effect or that. It's like, yeah, it just, I haven't really been happy with much until Remrise. It's a personalized sleep solution that uses natural plant-based formulas to help calm your mind, relax your body. Uh, get your ceridian rhythm back on track for a better, more restorative sleep. It's drug-free. No groggy side effects in the morning. That's what I love about this. All you have to do is go to getremrise.com slash ghost. Take their free sleep quiz. I took the quiz. And it made total sense. I need more peace of mind 
when I sleep. That's what my uh, recommendation was. My specific blend uh, is all about. It's about keeping me less anxious. It's about keeping me in a peaceful, restful state so I can get a good night's sleep. They they customize these for everybody. So what you end up getting in the mail is probably not what your significant other or your friends or anything else is going to be. It's all customized for your individual sleep patterns, how you sleep, what you think about at night, how you worry, how you don't worry, all that stuff. It's all there, customized for you. It's not a one-size-fits-all solution. That's what is really awesome about this, which is what I think makes it super effective because it's made for you. It's great. Remrise even uh, comes with an awesome digital app that you can use to track your sleep progress. It even has guided meditation to help you get you in the right mindset before you go to bed. Do what I did. Check out Remrise today. Go to getremrise.com slash ghost. Take their sleep quiz. When you sign up, you'll get your first week of Remrise free. Just pay shipping. You won't find an offer like this anywhere else. Get your first week of Remrise for free when you sign up at getremrise.com slash ghost. Again, this is exactly like this. GetRemRise.com slash ghost. So G-E-T-R-E-M-R-I-S-E dot com slash ghost. Type that in. Check it out. You can thank me later. You're going to get a good night's sleep. And it always seems, it's always interesting to me when in a story like that, when it's like your husband's waiting for you and go to him and then they're like, oh, look, she's gone. And I'm like, where is she really? You know, because it's like, <laughs> If it was that easy, she'd have done it herself. That's what I always wondered, too. When it's just, why is it that the living need to point some of these things out? If it's exactly, if it's that easy for them to do, what is that? And I've asked some psychics and sensitives that question over the years. And the way it's been described to me uh, is, is almost... It's like a dream state that sometimes we're in. You know, when you're in a dream and nothing seems to be going right, and if you were to reevaluate the dream in waking hours, you could easily tell yourself what you should have done in that situation in hindsight for it to be going correctly or to fix the problem. And you go, well, why didn't I think of that in the dream? It's so obvious. They say that sometimes when you're in that state, if you're in the the ghost kind of perpetual stuck in an area state, that may be how the mindset is. And it takes that outside voice to say, hey, here's the obvious thing to do. Go do this. Oh, I didn't realize that that's what I was supposed to be doing. And that little bit of prodding is what it is. That's like any good brainstorming session. It's like, what? I never thought of that. Yeah. Apparently you get really dumb when you die and then you're just like, <laughs> no, I don't, I mean, it's like how I get when I dream sometimes. My husband is? I didn't think about I, My whole life been hearing about going towards the light. I never thought that I should do that now that I'm dead, you know? So, although that would be, I don't know. I, I could be a little bit in fear of that though, too. Of if you're dead and you, you've come to the acceptance that you're dead and you realize, okay, I'm dead. I'm a ghost. And you're floating around and you're, or you're walking around the, the same setting you've been in forever. But then you see this weird light down the way. I don't know. I'd be a little hesitant. I'd be like, I'm good. I'm okay here. I know what this is. I have no clue what the hell that glowing light is down there. And I know fire can be bright too. So I'm just going to hang out over here in my room. And this is probably, I'll take my chances here with the people. The light should be something like in your real life you would have been attracted to, like 
what beer? I'm going to that light. <laughs> and then you're like, here I am. Like, or what a drag show over there. That sounds like fun. And you go there. <laughs> it's a drag show with neon beer lights. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> I would so go. I would love it. I'd be like, this is the best afterlife ever. <laughs> Just go towards the neon moon and you'll be all good and you'll know what it is. And then suddenly Brooks and Dunn start playing. It's like, oh, holy shit. Okay, there we go. Uh, Brooks and Dunn too? What? What? Everything. 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Let's go over to a caller. Hi. Um, hi, so my name is Rebecca. Um, I live in Canada, Vancouver to be specific. Um, this happened about 13 years ago when I was about 20. And I never really knew how to put it into words because no one was at home with me. No one kind of like was in the house. So I related to my then boyfriend at the time. and. He said that he felt some different things in the house too, but we had just started living together, so I assumed it was just me getting used to the house. Um, we worked different shifts. I was a morning person, he was a night person, and he also had a second job at a bar. Um, and this was before cell phones were common, so we, he called me on my landline, or our landline. And uh, one afternoon, just before I was leaving for work, um, he called, and we were just having a quick conversation like how's your day how's my day going that kind of thing um and it was summer so i had the back door open for the porch because it was just stifling hot inside the house and then um so i'm sitting on the phone with my then boyfriend stefan and i see someone come through the the back door like so through our porch and i assumed it was a neighbor or maybe one of the residents downstairs making something but i didn't feel like scared by this i just thought it was weird so I put up my finger just to tell him just you know wait a second I'll be right there and this person kind of reminds me of my friend Brett who um, I had lived with for a time before like had the same stature the same body size almost even like the same hair color but because of the way that the sun was positioned I couldn't really see like his full outline I just saw a silhouette um, but definitely a body and so I finished the phone call with Stefan and I get up to go into the kitchen where the back door leads to and no one's there. And I go downstairs where um, the other tenants lived and I knocked on the door and no one was answering. So I thought that was strange. Uh, maybe they just need something really quick or needed to borrow something and figured I was taking too long so they just left. Um, the next day, I went down and talked to them again. I was just asking, like, hey, like, was everything cool? Like, I saw you yesterday. I'm sorry, I was on the phone. And they're like, no, no one, no one was up there. Like, no one, we, like, we weren't home until, like, late last night, so there's no way anyone would come upstairs. So then I start thinking, well, who was it? Like, who could it have been? Like, how did they get away so fast? And how did they know, like, who I was and that my door would be open? And then... I remember this one time shortly before we moved in together when we were just dating. Um, I woke up three o'clock in the morning and I, at the time he was living with like three other people and 
I had only just started seeing him, so I didn't really know him too well. But um, I was walking through the kitchen again to go to the bathroom in the next room. And I saw someone, and I assumed it was one of his roommates, this guy named Cody, who always wore a baseball hat. And I thought it was really strange for him to be up at that time of night, just standing in the black like kitchen and didn't say anything to me. He just stood there. And I kind of just assumed maybe he was just grabbing a drink of water, like most people do in the middle of the night. Um, but then the next morning, I told my ex about it, and he kind of brushed it off and just said, oh, it was probably Cody. And then I kind of remembered that that's where that, when the next incident happened, I kind of remembered that's where um, the other guy was standing in the exact same spot. And Cody and Brett kind of did share some similarities. Like they were the same height, same age, um, and they were also friends. So maybe I mistook one of them for another one, or maybe one of them was dropping by to visit my then boyfriend. Um, but I talked to both of them about it after, and both of them said that that, that had not been them, that they were not in the house at that time, or um, the night that Cody, I thought I saw Cody and just dismissed it as my roommate, my boyfriend's roommate being weird. Um, he said, no, he was out of town that weekend. And I kind of remember back then that like, yeah, I hadn't seen him for most of the, like most of that weekend. Like, I think I saw him late Friday night when I was just dropping by and then I didn't see him again until like the next Thursday. So, I mean, this made sense that he probably wasn't there. And the other roommate, completely different build, like completely different kind of body type, like just very thick, very stocky, short, like very unique features and not similar at all to Brett or Cody. So it couldn't have been him. And after we moved in together, I kind of just started feeling really creepy. Like I was being followed around the house. Um, I'm not usually a very superstitious person. Um, a lot of my beliefs are just based in reality and I go for logic more than I do for anything else. And yeah, I lived with him for about a year until we moved into a new house where that similar feeling didn't follow me. I never have experienced anything like that since. It was just this person always behind me or this person in the corner of my eye just watching me. And my ex did say that he noticed a couple weird things around the house, but he'd lived there longer. So I assumed that maybe he was more comfortable with it or more used to it or just kind of took it for like, oh, it's a like an old house in East Vancouver. Like there could be many things in that house. I mean, I think at one point um, there were like 12 people living in that house at one point and we're all in our early 20s. So that wasn't, no, that wasn't abnormal for us to, you know, hear things in the house. But at the time there was only me and him upstairs. And there were the tenants downstairs and yeah, it didn't end until I left that house. And the two things that I saw were happening like right around the time I moved in. And I just always didn't feel very comfortable there, very welcome. Um, I didn't like to leave the room after night. I mean, in the dark. Um, and I always made sure that if I were having to leave the bedroom after a certain hour, that I'd always turn on all the house lights and just double check all the locks and double check everything. And being a young female in my like early 20s like I did this thing out of habit but also just because like, I always felt like I was being watched um I never really did get a chance to look up the history of the house I just know it was a house from the late 70s 
on the Lower East Side of Vancouver, and I knew there was a lot of, at the time before the gentrification happened, there was a lot of uh, street crime, there was a lot of break-ins, so I don't know the exact history of the house, but um, once that, yeah, once we moved, like, I never experienced that again, and I don't know what to chalk it down to. I mean, I don't know if it's a haunted house or if there was something else going on in the neighborhood I wasn't aware of, but... Um, I can definitely say that I saw these two things, these two people that were just watching me from the back of my kitchen towards the back porch door. And they never came back, but they they just followed me everywhere until we moved. Anyways, um, I don't know if you air this or not. I just wanted to get off my chest because I've told a couple people and a lot of them just look at me and, you know, smile and nod and do that regular thing. But no one actually believes me. And I guess it's harder to believe something that you've never seen yourself. So it's kind of nice to know that there's more people out there. Maybe you've experienced something similar. Anyways, thank you for Vancouver, Canada. Bye. <clears throat> well, she's Canadian, so she made it all up. That's pretty much how <laughs> Well, that's what they do in Canada. Canadians, the Canadians are liars. I don't, I'm kidding. I love Canadians. You know, I so get that, though, about... If someone if someone hasn't experienced anything like that, they dismiss it, mm-hmm. and it must be you, or it must be a million other things. But if you've lived through something like that, and especially that feeling of being watched all the time, I that house we lived in when I was a kid, it felt like that all the time. Yeah, and it's a very weird, unsettling feeling, mm-hmm. and so. And there's, especially when there's no reason for it. Like sometimes you feel like that, like if their curtains are open a little bit, like I get that. But this is that feeling like no matter what you're doing, they're just right behind you. And so, no, I don't think she's crazy at all. No. And then the fact that, you know, she could be more sensitive than her boyfriend, which is why he didn't pick up on it as much as she did. But the fact it all stopped when she moved seems a little like it's the house yeah i would i would say it's definitely the house Uh, you could it's interesting when you hear people recount stories of just how powerful it was especially if it's not even going on anymore but she's diving back into that time in her life and recounting it and you could just hear it in her voice you could hear it all kind of came back and it was kind of difficult to get through that and recount that because it was such a puzzling weird what the hell happened you know, kind of time for her. And and it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting defense mechanism that we have as people when someone does share a story with you and how she was expressing that she gets the tilt your head like a confused dog look at you like, no, that's a good story. That's odd. And then they move on to something else because they don't really want to accept it. With all of the experiences that people have and communicate from all different facets of life and all different everything. Why is it that we still, as people, still have to always go back to, well, I didn't experience it and I've never had that personal experience, so I'm going to really question if you did it too. It's It just strikes me as bizarre at this stage in the game and this stage in evolution that it's a very archaic way of, of reasoning and processing information that we still have to, our, our, our natural instinct is always, did this happen to me? You know, check the box, yes or no. If it's no, well, I'm really going to be skeptical about this person then too. 
You know, and it can be checked the other way, though, too, where you can be too believing of every single thing anyone says and you can have compulsive liars that just feed off of that. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. And we know them. Yeah. You know, everybody knows one. But then I also know people who have mental illness yeah. and I mean, they 100 percent believe certain things that, you know, didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between that and someone just flat out telling you, like, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, because that's ha that's happened to me. Yeah, I get it. I, I feel I like we should get that feeling. We should be much more when we're hearing people recount a story about no matter what the hell it is. I feel like we're very much in a place right now in this world where either it's one hundred percent yes without jumping and or doing any research, like whatever you say must be true, and. The other exact opposite way to it's like no matter what you say, it's not true. There's very it's little kind of the way that yeah. the times are right now. It's like I believe what I believe, and here's all this yeah. nonsense supporting what I believe. It's scary. Like today on Facebook, someone saying Betty White had died, and by the time this airs, you should just edit this part right out because I just said that out loud. And she'll be dead by the time this airs. <laughs> right. But but that makes me mad. But this person really believes it's true. And I'm like, yeah. that's not even a real website. And yeah. not only that, they said that she died, D-Y-E-D. -E it's like, <laughs> I know I she probably does because her hair probably isn't that color. And, and, but, and then everybody jumps on like, oh, R.I.P. Betty. And it's like, no. Right? Look, research. Whoever said that, the, the, I saw this the other day, um, and it's a very true statement. Back in, in, in the, the 80s and the 90s, the argument was, well, you know, the, the amount of, um, I don't want to say stupidity, I'll just say that, uh, the amount of stupidity in this world, uh, it has to do with uh, people not having access to information. Well, that shit ain't true because people have more access to information than ever before and they're dumber than ever. I mean, it's like everyone who could get, you can get any piece of information you want within seconds. And it's like a bridge too far just to, you could, you don't have to type it in anymore. You could just press a button or even just say, hey, Siri, you don't even have to press the damn button. I just triggered my phone and, and ask the question to thin air and a voice will come and answer your question or at least take you to a place where it can be researched, verified within three seconds. But people, that is now a bridge too far. It used to be like, get in the encyclopedia, go to the library. You had to do a lot of shit to answer a, a, a trivial question. But now it's right there. And that has become too difficult for most people yeah. to do. No. Um, now that it's going to uh, verify. Well, you sure can't believe a story like that woman just shared. <laughs> not that you, you can. Know, I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Not that you can verify her story by doing that, but you know, I don't know. Just a judgment. But I also think with someone like her that, like, I can, I imagine at some point in her life she's going to walk in someplace and be like, "They're watching me." Like she's that type of person. She'll feel that again in her life. Sure. You know, she may just be getting the beginning of realizing her sensitivity uh, and what it is where it maybe it's been there her whole life, but she's never really realized what it is or how unique it is uh, yeah. or different than other people. And a lot of people, because she said she was in her mid 20s, um, are in that kind of state. And a lot of times this is when they if they haven't already been fully aware of this, um, it, it's kind of like, oh, 
this wasn't just you know, teen or early 20s, bad decision making or or paranoia or this or that, that we all kind of go through. You're kind of like, oh, there is something to this feeling that I have uh, that others may not have. And and then it, you kind of hone in on that and learn to recognize what it is all about. Is all it about. makes me mad when people invalidate it immediately. It's like, yeah. no, let me have my experience that happened to me. Yeah. You don't have to judge me. You don't have to believe me. Just let it go. Exactly. It's like, that happened, period. All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person in EPP at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month. It's access to all the bonus material, advanced episodes, and more. Ghostpodcast.com, patreon.com slash real ghost stories, whichever you prefer. Until next time, for Carol and Tony, thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.